Sorry to disappoint you So what was your expectation? Nah, I'm just an everyday dude Oh, you expected perfection? This is what Christianity is supposed to be like I make mistakes Like, lots of mistakes I'm just trying to do the best that I can do I guess I'm just imperfectly human Welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Human Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Daly. Um, I want to welcome you back. I know, I know. It's been uh, it's been about about a fortnight since the last podcast. Um, like I said on on the last one, I'm not gonna apologize for being, you know, spacing them out a little bit more. Um, uh, I will reiterate what I said that on that episode. I want to bring you authentic, true content that is true to myself. I don't want it to feel forced. I don't want it to feel overly produced, overly engineered. I just want it to be natural. I want you to get me. So sometimes, as I said, I won't. I just won't record. Um, but hey. Thank you for being faithful listeners. Thank you to our new listeners. I appreciate you. Um, Thank you to everyone that supports. And, you know, if you're just discovering Imperfectly Human, Imperfectly, I am, as I said, I'm Mr. Daly, David Daly. I am the principal consultant at Yellow 8 Design. Uh, Yellow 8 Design is not your traditional design company. It's not about graphics. It's not that sort of design um what yellow eight is is it's a conceptual thing so i've never really broken this down so i'm gonna break it down right now yellow eight was a conceptual it was an idea and yellow eight was born out of my desire to help people now i talked about I think I I posted on LinkedIn recently about people being multifaceted and that's because that's the sort of person that I am. So part of my history, I was a music producer. I was, I ran an independent Christian record label for a period of time. I've done, um, uh, let's see, uh, community kind of work. I've worked in financial services. I've worked in energy. I've done so many things I'm I'm by trade I'm a statistician but I moved into business analysis now I work with in business architecture um so all of these things are different elements of who I am but they are all underpinned by one or no they are skills that I have but they are underpinned by one thing and that is my desire and my love to help people Um, So Yellow 8 was born from that and conceptually Yellow 8 is a design agency that helps people as I what I I like to say it's um, the the, the tagline for Yellow 8 is where design and functionality uh, design and functionality in perfect harmony and the reason I say that is because we do something called functional design uh, which is where we decompose a business down to its core comp- components and help them break them down into business processes, um, into functional guides and things that help you truly understand how your business works. That's what functional design is. Um, we help with 
marketing analytics. We help with customer segmentation, customer targeting. It's all about, Yellow Eight is about helping business owners understand their business. So uh, in a conversation yesterday, um, I explained it this way. What I do in terms of architecture, business architecture, if you, I liken it to building a house. If you were building a house, you would, from scratch, you would employ the services of an architect because you want excellent design. You want something that is going to meet your every need and, and tick the boxes, especially when you're spending so much money to build a house from scratch. You want it to fit you perfectly. So you sit with an architect, you explain what you want, you give them your requirements, you tell them, you know, this is what I'm looking for. And they go away and they design this. Um, they work with structural engineers who help to ensure that the the, prop, the, the house will stand and remain standing um, for for a long time. So when it comes to business architect and 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 this why I say that is this um if you do not, you can go ahead and build a house by yourself by all means there are people that are talented craftsmen and they can build stuff but you may build something that doesn't quite meet your needs. Or you may not have sufficient knowledge in the engineering department and some miscalculations will cause what is known in the industry as subsidence. Meaning that the foundations of that property were not sufficient for the size of the property, the the height of the property and the 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 location, the wind impact, all those numerous variables that impact the, the the stability of the property. So you end up with subsidence. And what does that mean? You went you need to you then need to underpin the property to ensure that it continues to stand. And there is a lot of um rectification required. Now this work to rectify the property is invasive. It is costly and um, that's the same stands with with business architecture or what I do. It's if you have a business that you want to last the, the, the test of time right at the outset or as early as possible, you should be considering the design of this business the plan for this this business, the future, how long you want this to be. If you have desires to sell your business, you need to understand, you need to have a plan. You may not have effected the plan, but you need to have a plan. Um, what you find is that a lot of businesses start small and they start to grow. And when they get to a certain point, they require similar work to a building that wasn't designed by an architect they require some invasive costly underpinning so to avoid that that is why organizations like mine yellow weight exist we work with businesses no matter your size to help you understand your business understand where you want to go and make sure you have the components in place the capabilities in place the resources in place to get to where you want to be or at least have a roadmap and a plan to get there. 
So that's why I say Yellow 8 is a design company, but not like your traditional design companies. Now, I would have usually done this way before, but I want to thank everyone that's listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, TuneIn, Spotify, um, wherever you may be listening to this podcast from, I appreciate you. And I really, really do mean that from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate you tuning in. So this week I thought, so I'm going to stay on track. I'm going to stay on track because my, my initial plan was to talk about goal setting, but then, um, I kind of, you know me, I like to give you insight and truth into, and I try to be as transparent as possible. So whilst I was preparing for this, I had to ask myself that same question. Like, what is my goal setting process? How do I go about setting goals for myself? Do I have goals for myself? How am I... um, you know, how do I, how do I go about putting myself in a position where I am set up for that success that I desire? So the first thing I had to decide or something, the first thing I I realized was that, um, yes, I do have goals, but I, I have so let me let me let me dial back. Earlier in the year, around twenty, the the beginning of the year, I sat down and I did a, a vision board. I created a vision board for twenty twenty one, and it had a number of things. It had a number of um, areas. It had family on there. It had spiritual growth. It had personal development, financial, and I had a vision for each of these things that I wanted to accomplish in twenty twenty one. So um, I thought about my business. Well, what's my vision for the business? Well, I've always had a vision for the business. So I have a long term vision for the business. And this tie again, this ties back to what Yellow Weight is about. It ties back to that planning, having a process, having a roadmap of how you're going to achieve or get to your end goal or fulfill the vision that you have for your business. Um and that is pretty much what it was for me. I, I have a long-term vision for Yellow 8, but I have short-term goals. Because if I focus on my long-term vision, it can become overwhelming. It can become daunting. It can seem impossible to achieve. Um. And I'm about to get, I was about to start getting, getting deep because I was going to tell you about the God that turns the impossible to possible by telling you that I am, I'm possible. And anyway, I'm I'm not going to, let's not get into that because I'll get too excited and we'll, we'll get carried away. And that's not what we're talking about right now. So, um, goal setting. So my short term goals are always so I've basically they are the steps required to drive me closer to my long term goal. Um, that may be 
a goal such as having a web presence. That may be a goal such as having... So I one of my goals is to have a, a client book of no more than... Or sorry, no more. No less than 20 concurrent clients by... Um, I think it was by the end of next year. That was my, by the end of 2022. So that's 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 me sharing one of my goals for my business. Um, my goals are always. I never try to set them too far in advance because things happen that will mean that you need to rethink your strategy and you may have to adjust your goals. So it got me thinking, um, I I was, you know, looking around and I came across one thing Um, and it was, it talked about something that we do in, so when in the world of business analysis, we talk about SMART requirements. SMART is an acronym and it stands for uh, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant and time bound. And I came across this same application when setting goals. So a writer that I came across said, you must have smart goals. And it hit me. Well, goals are no different from requirements. Um, And they need a level of, they need constraint around them. Otherwise they become too loose and therefore impossible to or not impossible they become difficult to achieve so what do we mean when you are setting a goal make it specific be very clear so i have the one the example i just gave you 20 20 clients um 20 concurrent clients by the end of 2022 20 concurrent clients very specific i know i know exactly what i want to achieve there isn't it's not loose it's not you know i it's it's very clear is it measurable well yes 20 clients so i can every time i every time i win a client I can track against my goal of 20 it's measurable is it attainable definitely um it it's not a tall order uh if you break it down that's on average roughly one to two clients a month acquiring one to two clients a month that's not difficult um but it requires work. It requires effort. So it's attainable, but it's not easy. Relevant. Well, it's definitely relevant. It's <laughs> a business cannot survive. A business cannot thrive with no client. So it's definitely re- relevant. Um, and is it time bound? Yes. My goal is to achieve this by the end of 2022. So there is 
something that constrains it that says what well, if you haven't hit this then at this point we draw a line and we see why we haven't hit it we see why we haven't achieved the goal so taking that principle um i think that's one of the most important things to consider when setting a goal it's making sure that you were using use i don't want to say making sure you're using this acronym but making sure your goals are smart making sure they're specific making sure they're measurable making sure they're retainable don't um i could have said oh i'm going i want i want to i want a, a thousand clients by the end of 2022 that's not realistic it's not going to happen because one i do not have the infrastructure to support a thousand clients two i do not have the manpower or the time to acquire a thousand clients number three i do not have the resources to sustain a thousand clients number four i do not have the capabilities in the organization to support a thousand clients because at a thousand clients i will require a, account managers um uh business development leads i may end up needing project managers once you at a thousand clients it is not something that this that my organization organization at its current size would be able to sustain and i cannot grow to that point by the end of 2022 therefore a thousand clients is not realistic 20 um an, a goal of 200 20 clients is realistic because it's organic it's slow it's it's not slow it's realistic it's a realistic pace that i can sustain and my let you know 20 clients is my minimum that's my that's my target that's what i would like at a minimum if i achieve more of course i'd be ecstatic i'd be over the moon but 20 is the goal 20 is where i i would define hey i set that target i've achieved that target let's move the let's move the line let's move the bar let's move let's raise the bar and let's go for more clients now but at the same time let's make sure that we have the right um technological solutions in place let's make sure we have um infrastructure that supports everything that we need we can afford the licenses for for software that we need we can um ensure that every client gets the same yellow eight experience and that is my goal to ensure that that my product my services are the same whether you you get the same experience whether you are a one man band or someone that is a con- part of a, a you know a department within a conglomerate or whatever i want you to have the same experience when you work with my business so um it's important that i do the work so what i mean so let me be a bit more transparent about this so what i've been doing in the last week or so is putting myself through my own process 
because I want to make sure that I practice what I preach. I want to make sure that my business has a plan and a firm foundation. Not a loose plan, not something that I drew up when I came up with the concept of the business and all of those things. A concrete plan documented with clear a clear understanding of the architecture of the business, the value streams, how we deliver value to customers, what we require to deliver the, the, the value to our customers, what technology needs to be in place, what capabilities, what resources, what partners we need to in order to achieve every to achieve our our goal. So um, I had to put myself through my own process. It can't live in my head forever. It, I, it has to be on paper. If someone says, well, how do I know? How do you know this works? I can show them that, hey, look, <laughs> yellow eight is a perfect example. You are sitting in front of me talking to me because of my pro- because of my service and my solution. So. That's what I've been doing over the last week, um, putting myself through my own process. Um, The other things that I've been doing, also being very honest with myself about my own limitations. So I am not ashamed to say that business development is not one of my strengths because historically for my business I have never had to do the business development I've had to manage the client relationship once you know once the the work is secured once the contract is signed but in terms of actually going out and finding clients well I've never really had to because I worked with IT recruitment consultancies Who would go out and source IT contracts for me, which for a three month project, for a one month project, for a two week project, what however long the project was, they sourced it. I delivered the I delivered um, the statement of work and off we went. That was the end of it. I maintained the relationship. I maintained the relationship, but they owned they owned the relationship. So I maintained it. They owned it um, because they did the the business development work. They did the introduction. And that's worked for a long period of time. Those of you who are familiar with IT contracting in the the UK, you will know that uh, um, I think it went down the line, for me personally anyway, it felt like organizations were trying to turn IT contractors into members or flexible members of permanent flexible members of staff pseudo permanent members of staff and that is not what it was about and whilst many people hate the idea of IR35 and if you don't know what IR35 is google it it's something that the um the her, manage, her Majesty's Revenue and Customs uh, brought in to 
in relation to off-payroll workers. Um, basically, it's to stop organisations using individuals who are supposed to be independent companies um, to, in a way, and, and using them in a way that is um, <sighs> like they are just a permanent member of staff. So, in a nutshell, let me put it. Let me put it this way. In a nutshell, if you are truly so, the, the argument of HMRC was that these individuals, if they were were truly independent companies, consultants working for you, then they should provide their own um, IT. They should have their own payroll. They should have their Basically, they should they should be truly set up as an independent company. You should have no say over their working hours. You should have no say over when they um, they shouldn't need to request holiday time, whatever. All of these things. So it kind of and I I think what what made it the people that got caught out with this were. Funnily enough, public sector government organisations, because they they really abused it when it came to um, independent con- contractors and the financial services world, where there were so many IT contractors and contractors of other sorts um, who ran who had limited companies and and they were invoicing and um, or but basically they were te- just. They were treated as though they were permanent members of staff. They had to go through the same process. They had to fill in um, these specific timesheets and all, all of these things. Everything that you got your permanent member of staff to do, you they you had to do as an IT contractor. Um, so for me, I welcomed IR35 because it gave me, a pos- it allowed me to take that position of wealth I'm not your employee. Um, I am providing a service to you. I And the statement of work is this. And as long as I deliver this statement of work within this period of time. Then I have fulfilled my contractual obligation to you. But you have no say over when or how or where I deliver this work from. How I deliver the work. Um, as long as it's to the agreed standard and so on. Um, it shouldn't matter to you whether I have multiple clients on the go unless there is a conflict of interest. And if there is, then you have we have to ensure that the contract um, manage this conflict of interest. And that's to me that to me was the joy of IR35. That's the blessing that I think IR35 was. I think it brought it it pushed us independent contractors all and small consultancies into a space where we could actually for the ones that have always seen themselves in, in this way operate as a cons- consultancy. For those that saw it as just an opportunity to up their um, income while still having a somewhat steady job and I, I say that with um, inverted quotes but um, or air quotes whatever it may be um, 
those are the ones that found it to be intrusive, unfair, and unfortunately, I, I think before I was like, oh my gosh, I R35, but when I sat down to to consider what it meant, I didn't have an issue with it. I didn't have an issue with it. I think the contracting world in the UK needs to change. It was due for dis. It's definitely due for disruption. It's definitely um, ready to be disrupted. And IR35 for me, see, I see IR35 as a catalyst to that disruption. Um, definitely more opportunity for independent co- contractors to potentially work with multiple clients and manage their own books and manage their, um And when I say books, I'm not talking about their, uh, you know, their finances. I'm, I'm talking about managing their order book in, term, in terms of work and their client book and, and, and that sort of thing. And being able to kind of be set free, not be hamstrung by... Um, by one organization that doesn't allow them to work for multiple people because they want them for 40 hours a week and expect them to be there five days a week in their office on their on site um, even if there's no work for them to do that to me you're treating an independent contractor as as an employee someone that has skills that they need to provide to other people. So I welcome the change. Um, I've always felt that way uh, about the IT contracting world. When I started it, it was supposed to be just a stopgap for me. And I think things have shifted nicely to, to ensure that it, it never became a permanent space for me. Um, the, the move to more consultancy work started... Um, sort of 2020 where um but the obviously the pandemic and all the and these things meant traditional the approaches that i and this is why i've um approached did i mention it um this is why i've approached someone about mentorship and you know trying to learn how to really do business development properly because as I said it's not something that I did but that's um that's something that's been that's happened recently that's something that's been born out of my experiences um as I said I'm not embarrassed or ashamed to say that business development is not my strength but I want to make it a strength and in order to make it a strength I need to learn from someone that knows how to do it well and who has gone from um, being maybe an independent contractor to a major consultant. Um, so mentors are, you know, finding the right mentors, finding people who can support you and help you develop the skills where you lack skills or identifying the gaps in your own capabilities. So again, this is part of this is something that is born out of um, what I what I do as I put myself through my own paces. One of the capability gaps that I immediately saw was in that 
business development space it's it's red in in my uh you know when i rag it and if you're not familiar with ragging that's red amber green sort of traffic light system green being great amber means area of concern red means well critical needs addressing immediately so for me it business development is an area that i ragged as red because it's not a strength it's not an area that i do well it's not an area that i um i really have a clear focus on exactly what i need to do i kn- i know what i need to do i need to bring bodies and clients in and if i want to achieve my short term goal of 20 clients by the end of 2022 it is an area where i that i need to then you know put my attention on and focus on and look at how i turn that red status to a green now i could do this in a number of ways as i said if the main thing about achieving your goal is understanding the capability gaps now how you fill those capability gaps is completely up to you i can develop the skill myself i can subcontract to a third party or i can hire someone in to the organization who has a specialism in business development it's completely up to you so i've I've decided to go through a men through some mentorship because I want to understand every element of my business. I want this to be I want to be someone that has worked through every part of my business so that as I bring people in I know what they go through. I know what I know the challenges they will face. I know what they have to deal with I know how I would like them to pitch the business because I've had to do it uh, I know how they I would like them to onboard a client because I've done it I know how I want them to manage my clients because I do the client management right now I know how I want them to deliver services because I deliver the services so I really want to drive this in a way where I understand every part of the business and I can I and I have my documented well established processes that form a roadmap and framework to where I want this business to be so it's about creating my roadmap to um it's about creating my roadmap to fulfilling my vision that's how I want to put it. Creating my roadmap to fulfilling my vision. That's what I'm working on. That's what I'm working towards. So that's kind of what's been going on with me. Um, as always, I am constantly trying to learn new things. And, 
you know life to me life is life never stands still we never stand still if we it, the only time we should be still is when we're dead so i'm constantly moving i'm constantly growing i'm co- constantly encouraging my family to grow um and to develop their skills and to broaden their knowledge i will not say that i know it all because i don't and i love hearing from people and learning from people and talking to people i will be and as part of that i have been again learning how to draw attract more people to this podcast and one of the things that we i will be doing is bringing on a lot more um guests to the podcast i've started to line up some new guests some interesting guests i can't wait for you to speak um to, to i can't wait to speak to these individuals and i can't wait for you to hear the conversations with these individuals these are individuals that i believe will inspire you in entrepreneurship i believe these individuals will inspire you in faith and um i you know let's not forget what this podcast is this podcast is a journal of my journey as a christian entrepreneur so everything here is still underpinned by faith every my faith in god is the cornerstone on which my life is built on including my business um while whilst i may make mistakes whilst i may get things wrong um that doesn't change that god is core to everything that i do so um i want you to be encouraged i want you to remember that if god has given you a vision he has also equipped you to fulfill that vision now that may not so what i mean by that is he has made the resources that you need to fulfill that vision available um he has given you the skills that you require to get started to make to take the first step now you may not have all the skills to fulfill the vision right now but to get started on the journey you definitely do and if you believe that vision that vision requires faith the thing is if you if you can do everything that is required to fulfill that vision today then it's not truly a vision because a vision from god will require an act of faith an act of trust it will require you to step into something that is uncomfortable it will require you to step out of your comfort zone it will require you to push yourself somewhere where you have never pushed yourself before and by believing in god by trusting in god by letting god take control of the situation you will be able to walk into this vision you will be able to you know start to build out piece by piece block by block that vision 
Don't doubt yourself. Believe that the God that gave you the vision has given you the skills and the re- and has made the resources available. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to encourage people. I just wanted to encourage you all. And um, I know that some of you that may be listening may not be people of faith. Um, but just draw... Take what you want to take from what I've said. No matter what you're doing in this life, it requires an element of faith because you can't, you're believing in an an end goal without seeing that end. You're believing that you're going to achieve something without knowing what the middle looks like. That requires faith. That requires you to take a leap of faith. One of my favorite comedians, Steve Harvey, tells a story. And um, for those of you who know Steve Harvey's story will know that Steve was homeless and he was performing and he was living out of his car and he was performing. And he, I believe if I remember the story correctly, he he got a call to he got a call he was cleaning himself up in a bathroom of a hotel and stuff like that and he he got a call he had this voicemail and he was about to go back to his parents he was about to call it quits um he dialed into his phone to listen to his messages um and he heard this message that hey some we've got this slot for you uh, Saturday night at the Apollo. It's in New York. He didn't live in New York. If you just get here, and Steve was like, "Okay, I need to get there." He didn't have the money. He didn't want it, but he got himself uh, a show that gave him just enough money to get to New York. He had no idea how he was getting back, but he stepped out in faith. He went, and the rest, as they say, is history. That was the night. His career blossomed and he was discovered and, and he, he broke out. Believe in yourself and have faith. That's all it takes, a little bit of faith. And you can see the impossible become possible. And there are so many accounts, so many stories like this. So many people have experienced this same thing. So you don't have to be a person of faith right now. But you do need to have faith. Have faith and you will see what can happen. I will catch you soon. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Imperfectly Human podcast. Remember to subscribe and share this podcast. You can do this on your favorite streaming platforms.